0: Good morning. good morning. So good to be back with you today. I want to begin by thanking our worship team. I, uh, as somebody who really likes music, you know it's neat whenever I don't know. Sometimes when you're you play in a band or you you, you make music, I mean everybody kind of gets locked in. Uh, they call it you play tight, you know, as a group. And I just thought today everything was just. Beautiful and everything, just the 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 sound sounded good and the just it was just beautiful. So, thank you guys for your ministry. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, um, It's just a a wonderful thing, and we're incredibly incredibly blessed to have have those musicians who can share their gifts with us. So, well done. I remember the old days as a kid, you know, bringing in the sheaves, bringing you know, banging it out on the piano. I'm like, I don't know what a sheave is. I don't know what, I have no clue. uh, Also, before we get going here, I wanted to point out the boxes here, Operation Christmas Child. If you have not contributed a box and you'd still like to, I think they would still accept them. Um, And uh, so as a church... You know this is a beautiful thing. I think sometimes we forget about just how important it is. And so, if you would join me, I want to pray for these gifts. They're going to go out to some kid somewhere in the world, and this one here uh, specifically is going for a two to a four year old girl. We don't know who she is, but uh, let's pray for her right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these gifts. I thank you for those who put them together. And Lord, we want to pray for those children who uh, will eventually receive these gifts from us. And God, we pray that they would be a blessing to them, that they would help them, that they would be able to, you know, find that there are other people in the world who, who are thinking of them and love them and really do care. So God, we, we pray that these, these gifts would be a blessing to the kids. And uh, bless those who put them together and uh, who remember other kids here at Christmas time. So, Father, thank you. Amen. So thank you for your willingness to help out with those, with those gifts. And I'm sure that's going to make some kid really happy. Um, well, you know, for whatever reason, I can't seem to stop getting into arguments on the Internet. So somebody's got to take my Internet away. I just, you know, I don't know. Facebook and I just—I don't mean to get into arguments with people. It just happens, you know. I, you weren't here last week. I mentioned that I—I uh, I accidentally uh, retweeted a uh, post. I was going—I was just re- flipping through Twitter, and there was a post. Oh, I like that. I like that. And then there was another one. Oh, I like that. I clicked that. Found out it was from the Church of Satan. And I felt bad. I was like, oh, no, I just retweeted something from the Church of Satan. What are the people at church going to think? So, And, of course, that's uh, when I, I think I said something like, oh, how awkward. I just retweeted, ha, 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 you know. And that's been retweeted, I think, 500 times so far. I mean, so it's it's still going by or it's growing and you can't stop it. And, and I got a kick out of talking to the different people from the Church of Satan, and they're they were actually pretty nice people. had a good sense of humor. They weren't crude at all, or rude, and they just uh, once I explained it, they got a big kick out of it. And they're all like, "Oh, it's all right, you know. We have cookies here. You come on down, you know." So this week, I thought I'm going to stick to Christian websites. I'm not going to get in. in I'm not getting involved in any of that stuff. And there's a, uh, a magazine that I like to read called Christianity. Today, and it uh, has uh, a website, and they're always posting little stories. And there was something on there about—it was just something innocent. It was like you know, if uh, it was a story about how Jesus was led into the wilderness and he was tempted. And the title of the article was, "If Jesus is God, how was he tempted?" And there were all these people commenting all these things, and I just basically I said one statement: because Jesus isn't God. Look out! Here we go. So all of a sudden, I had dozens of people trying to get me straightened out. You know, they're all just on and on they went, and you know, basically, I, you know, I, I I've realized now that I'm, I'm not going to be in the kingdom of God. I'm going down to the hot place, and, uh, you know, so it's nice knowing you, but you're all with me. <laughs> We're all going together, I guess. So, But it's, it's interesting, the funny things that people like to argue about. And how, you know, I got into a, a thing with the, a bunch of atheists, the Church of Satan, and how easy it was to talk back and forth and to share ideas and how it was not at all threatening. But when I got into it with the Christians, look out, man, it got pretty personal. It was getting nasty and mostly because i refuse to argue with them i just say things like i don't believe that or i disagree and they that just drive them even more nuts and they, they... but you know it, it's funny to me they kept trying to convince me of stuff that's just not in the bible i said I, that's not in the bible it is in the bible said, no it's not and uh they begin to start pointing to well you know, uh, the creeds of the, of our church founders, you go back, they all wrote about the the Trinity and then, then, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, you guys make fun of the Pope and say he has no authority, but you have no problem taking the church fathers. They They made this stuff up, and you run with that. I mean, for me, I'd rather just stick with the Bible. Stick to what the Bible teaches, what the Bible says. Um... You know, our faith and beliefs are truly grounded in the Word of God. Last week I talked about what's the point of the church? Why do we have church? Well, we have it to worship God. We have it to um, look out for each other, to help one another, and to also point people to Jesus Christ. That's really what the church is for. Now, if you're going to be a part of the church, what... Uh, what, do, what do you got to What do you got to have? What's your your equipment? If you have your Bibles today, hold them up in the air. You know me. I'm a big. Okay, I'm not trying to shame anybody. If you don't have yours, don't try to hide or any. Some of you are holding up your phones. You know, that's a, that's all right. You know, I got it on my phone too. So, but many Christians. Um, we want to be effective at church. We want to have God in our lives. We want to be a part of, of all of these different things, but we have trouble connecting with God through the Bible. Bible is something you just kind of bring it to church and throw it in the back seat of the car, and you get it out next Sunday. You know when you go in, and I, I've been there, I've done that. But many Christians love the idea of the Bible, but. Not the Bible so much. They look at the Bible and, you know, we love having a Bible close by, uh, even one that's within reach, but how often do we take time to actually open it? I know Kyle has, has preached on this several times over the last few months. He's talked about the importance of the Bible, trying to put it in, you know, making it a part of your life. You know, we talk about reading the Bible almost like we're talking about cutting calories or cleaning up the house. After I had my little incident uh, in October, ended up in the hospital for a day or so, I've had to make some changes in my lifestyle. They've not been very fun. I don't get to eat just anything I want. Uh, I used to drink Pepsi. I mean, you could have hooked it up intravenously. i just walk around with the little thing, you know. I mean, it would have suited me fine. Uh, I've given that up, and this and that, and all these other things, and it's something I just have to, to figure out. It's something I have to keep working at. And thankfully, I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, you know, a lot of the positive benefits of that are starting to pay off. My blood sugar is way down. Uh, my weight is coming down. Uh, you got all these other positive things. But still, it's not fun, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's just the way it is. But I have to keep up with it. I got to keep doing it. For many of us, looking at the Bible is similar to that. You know, I got to read the Bible. If I don't read it, uh pastor wants me to read that thing. I uh, you know, it, it sounds like a fine thing to do until we have to choose what we won't do in order to make time for it. Kyle gave us a he spent a long time talking about all the things we do throughout the week uh you know on the internet and doing this and that and it added up to hours and hours of stuff that we really don't need to do and surely somewhere in that block of time we could find a few minutes to give to God that we could use take the bible and, and read it uh if you have your bible turn to psalm 119 Verse 9, 119, verse 9. If you just kind of open your Bible up right in the middle, probably back a little bit. Psalm 119, verse 9. This is a guy who loves the Bible. Or he loves the Old Testament law, if you want to be really technical about it. But This guy loves the Word of God. He can't get enough of it. Verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Where do you get those? Read about them in the Bible. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statuses. I shall not forget your word. Uh, If we were writing it today, it's like, dear Lord, I love the Bible. Oh, I can't get enough of it. Because it teaches me what's true. It keeps me out of trouble. It helps me not to sin against you. It has incredible benefit. It's fun. I enjoy it. I love it. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word. I mean, that that's what the, the writer's saying here. He loves it. You know, that kind of devotion is inspiring to me, but it also kind of makes me feel frustrated, because I'll be honest, like many people, I don't always get that excited about wanting to read the Bible. A few months ago, Kyle had this thing... Uh, he challenged us to read the Bible every day throughout the week. So I set it on my watch. I made a little uh, reminder thing. A little alarm would go off every day during my lunchtime to remind me to read the Bible. And that was okay for about a a week. And then it started to become a a reminder that I was goofing around or I was too busy. And then it got to where it was annoying me. I'd it, I forgot. And then it got to where I, I... I put it on, but I don't know how to take it off. So every day it's, you need to read the Bible. And I'm like, well, you leave me alone. <laughs> so I don't want to sound like I'm you know, more righteous because I've got a, an app that tells me when to read the Bible. I'll be honest with you. There are times I get frustrated with it. You know, a lot of us want to be close to God. We want to experience God. I've talked to some of you this past week and this morning. There are some needs, some real needs that people have within the church. Some physical needs, uh, health needs that are, uh, they're important. And we as a church need to to think of those and to, to help one another to meet those needs. But You know, there's only so much time that we can be with each other. You have the Bible with you as you like. Uh, It's with you all the time. Uh, If you don't want to carry a book around with you, put it on your phone. Make an app out of it. People will think you're reading Facebook. You're really sneaking a little devotion in there. I mean... Uh, especially when you're a new Christian, sometimes you get embarrassed. You shouldn't be. You know you shouldn't be, but you get a little embarrassed. Uh, What will the guys think? Well, you know, it, it takes time to make it a habit to get into it. Reading your Bible really is a discipline. It's something that takes effort. We have to work at it. And I have to admit, I have a hard time remembering and feeling that sometimes and You know, I think it's because we sometimes forget about what the Bible really is. This is not meant to be an afterthought. God gave us this book, this Bible, for all time, so that we would know the mind of God, so that we would know what God is like. I hear people all the time, Oh, I wish I could sit down and just talk to God. I wish I could have a conversation with Him i wish i could do god's like i've given you that it's here i've given you everything that you need for righteousness for growth it's here in this book you know every time i read the bible i discover something new i'm always finding little details that i missed the first time around and now i'll be honest there are parts of it that are not that thrilling um, the first time I, tr- I read through it, you know, I jumped into Genesis and wow, this is when I was a kid. Wow, this is interesting. These are action stories almost. You know, what's going to happen next? This guy, something happened to him and wow, this guy got captured. And it's, you know, then I got to Exodus and wow, the you know, this is just like the movie. Oh, wait a minute, the movie's based on this. I, I get it now. And, and it, you know, and then let my people go and, and the whole thing and uh, wow. Then I got to Deuteronomy, and I'm like, "What is this? You know, what am I, How am I supposed to read this? You know, what what is this going to do to me?" Uh, and so, you know, I get bogged down, and I get things. I just turn to it here, and it's like, uh, uh, "You can eat any clean bird, but these are the ones you can't eat: an eagle, and a and a vulture, and a buzzard. You can't eat a falcon." And you can't eat a raven, and you can't eat a pelican, or a cormorant. I'm like, what is this? God doesn't want me eating a pelican. You know, that's I, I needed to know that today. You know, that really helped me. Um, but yet, it says all scripture is useful for teaching when we put it in its right and proper context. Time and again, I remind myself of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Let's turn to that. that uh, this is one I don't want to just zip right through. Sometimes us preachers will, will hit a verse and read it and head right on past it. But This is one you should circle, you should put a star by, write it on a note card, put it on your refrigerator, whatever. That's what I tell kids at school, we're reviewing for a test. Circle it, put a star on it, mark it in red, do, do whatever you gotta do. But this is this is important. Second Timothy chapter three sixteen. All scripture, all of it, is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate equipped for every good work. If you want to learn what God is like, if you're wondering, well, what do I got to do to be a Christian? How do I how do I grow as a Christian? God has given you this Bible, this book. It's an it's his inspired word and it's profitable to you to read it because it teaches us about God. It corrects us when we make a mistake. It trains us how to be righteous. How to live the Christian life? Why is that important? So that all of us can be adequate, equipped for every good work. If I'm going into uh, uh, into a game, I've coached Jimmy and I've coached football. We used to coach it for years and years. Every once in a while, you'll tell a kid, "Hey, get in there!" And they'll start running. About five yards, they'll stop and turn around because they don't have their helmet. They left it over on the bench. Wait a minute. You're going into the game and you don't have your helmet on, what do you what do you? You don't want to do that, especially when you're playing the Browns. They might, might whop you upside the head with them. You don't want to go, go running out there like that. But you know, you better have your helmet on, better have your equipment on. The Bible's like that. It gives us everything that we need. It adequately equips us for every good work. When Neola and I were uh not too long after we were first married, we had our uh, Neola had her first pregnancy, which resulted in a miscarriage, and we were both just blown away by that. And I can remember feeling very lost and cheated. But I remember reading in the Bible I, I know, something about God will be with you. Something, and I, I have never felt that at, close to God as I did reading those scriptures. It's just something that I needed, something that I had to to have, I had to read. God gave me that so that I, as a person, could be, as a man of God, could be equipped to go on then and do good work. I didn't feel alone. It was a message that no person could have told me. I wouldn't have listened to anybody from church. My parents didn't know what to say. My grandparents didn't know what to say. God knew what to say. And as I read those words, I mean, I just it just hit me. You know, everything that I need is found in His Word. But that doesn't mean I read it every day. It doesn't mean that I'm a super scholar of it or anything like that. But as I get older and I live, I try to make it more of my life to allow God to have a say in what's going on. But it is a discipline, there's no doubt about it. You notice Paul said all Scripture, not just the interesting parts. That includes the laws that he gave Israel, all the lengthy family trees... The obscure stories that I'll be honest, I don't quite know what to make of it. You're telling me that a, a big fish swallowed a man and he lived in there for three days. Okay, all right. I, you know, you're telling me that God uh, had an ark and uh, you know He had Noah build this thing and He put all the animals on there and somehow they all lived on the ark. They all they all got along and you know all right you're telling me that jesus is he rose from the dead all right i mean these are things that are sometimes they're hard to comprehend it's hard to understand it's difficult i really do think that there comes a time when we as christians have to settle for ourselves yes the bible at times as you read certain things it might seem illogical It might seem fantastic. It might seem like fiction. But as Christians, we have to come to a a point where we finally take the Bible and put it down and say, there it is, Lord. I accept your word for what it is. It's what I believe. It's what I want to found my life on even the parts that i don't get that i don't ex- understand and may not always accept but over time the bible has taught me to trust god to listen to him to obey him i'm going to take god at his word and trust that if i keep reading and rereading this whole book that that he's given us you know instead of just picking out little favorites here and there, but the whole thing, it's going to teach me. It's going to correct me. It's going to train me in what it means to be righteous. It's interesting. You know, Jesus, if you think about it, when when he was on the earth, during his ministry, he only had really what we would call the Old Testament. And he quoted from the Old Testament all the time. Psalms, and guess what other book he quoted from more often than anything else? Deuteronomy. (laughs) I'm like, what? Why Deuteronomy? Well, for whatever reason, Deuteronomy was a book that Jesus used to teach people about God's plan for them. Okay, so yeah, the Bible's great. Why study it? Why should we... Bother, you know. uh, Well, first of all, I think the the Word of God is infallible. We live in a society today where nothing is infallible. Uh, We live in a moral relativistic society where truth is derived from what you decide is truth, not from any other source. Proverbs chapter thirty, verses five and six. Say that every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add to His words, or He will reprove you, and you will be proved a liar. In other words, do not add to His words. It is complete. It's there. We don't have to add to it. We don't detract from it. Everything that we need is already there. There is no error in God's word. The purity of his words, it doesn't need anything else added to it. It's there for us. If you're a Christian and you want to get to know God, it's through his word that we can do that. And his word is complete. The Bible doesn't need any new chapters, it doesn't need any verses. What is given to us is all that we need. You know, many cults add their own books their own commentaries to the Bible, they they add things. Uh, one of my beefs with the uh, the Trinitarians that I got into an argument with, they were trying to point out how early church fathers, the Nicene Creed, uh, the creeds coming out of Constantinople, uh, these early Roman emperors, they sanctioned the Trinity and all this. I said, yes, those are people who added to the idea of what's in the Bible. You will not find that doctrine taught in the Bible. It's simply not there. The Word of God is the only source of absolute authority. The Bible is authoritative. Back in Psalms 119 again, uh, verse 89 See if I can find it. Psalm 119 goes on and on and on. 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's settled. That's it. Settled. Often we want to add to it. We want to take away from it. We want to ignore parts of it. Sometimes in Christian uh, history, we want to add to it. God warns us against doing that. Everything that we need is right there in the Bible. 2 Timothy, I'm jumping around here. 2 Timothy 3.16. It should already be uh, circled and put a star by it, colored in. We just talked about it. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. We Christians can be totally secure in the Lord by studying the Bible because it, is our, it includes His plan for our life. How many of you have ever wondered, what has God got in store for me? I do that all the time. I was really touched. Jen brought up her dad, working at Walmart, and you feel... I feel like that at school. right? Tori, don't tell anybody at school that Mr. Tullis isn't happy with his job or anything. I I, I don't want there. T- Trevor, yeah, de- please don't tell anybody that, you know, Mr. Tullis, he hates his job. You no, know, there are a lot of other things I would like to do. Uh, I've taught now kids for 23 years. There, There are other things I want to do. I find myself not enjoying it like I used to. So I turn to myself, what am I going to do? I mean, it's not like most men and women, and when you get to about 50, you're kind of like, well, is this all there is? You know, Is there more to life? What are we going to do? You know. Um, I turn back to the Bible. What is God's plan for my life? And I've come to the realization, it's not so much what I do, but what I, how I do things. I don't think God cares if I was a principal. I don't think he cares if I was a counselor. I don't think God would care if I became the, the, the ice cream man. All right? He doesn't care. It's more about how will you serve me through what you're doing? I think we live in a time where we always expect God to give us more. I sometimes blame the, the health and wealth gospel, prosperity stuff. You see it on TV. You hear about it. How you're a child of God and all you need to do is claim it. That you have it. And God will give it to you. Well, He's never done me the favor. But I know that if I am faithful to His Word, I have everything that I need to be Adequate so that I can be, as a man of God, totally complete. Equipped to make it in this life. Equipped for every good work. So whatever I'm doing, teaching, coaching, pastoring, whatever. I want to take the things I've learned from the Bible and apply that to my life. Finally, the Word of God will accomplish what it promises. You know, if God told you something will happen and you wait, it's going to happen. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Let's see here. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Those of you who... 've studied the Bible, I'm sure you, you already know where I'm going with this. Isaiah 55 verse 11, "So will my word be, which goes forth from my mouth." This is God talking here. So will my word be which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I sent it. God gives us the Bible. He gives us his holy word. And as we read it and and begin to look at it, it is as if God is spilling his words onto us. And God is saying, as I speak, as I give you my word, there is a purpose and a meaning behind it. And it will not come back to me until it has accomplished exactly what I sent it out for. As you read the Word of God, think of that. I mean, God is giving you His Word. And it will accomplish something. That's a promise given to us by by the Father. Maybe that Word is to teach us. Maybe it's to reprove us or correct us. Maybe it's to comfort us. Maybe it's to give us hope. Maybe it's something funny and you just needed a chuckle maybe it's something serious that you really need to think about god has sent his word his complete word to us to accomplish his will in our lives now i understand that bad things happen to good people why does that happen why can i why why should i do this or that because I'm angry. But God has sent His Word to us to accomplish His perfect will in our lives. Yes, even when we're angry, even when we feel cheated, when we feel ripped off, God is still powerful. He is still the Father. He is still on the throne. He has not stepped away, said, excuse me for a minute, I'm going to take a little break. Let everything go crazy in your life. And then I'll come back later. He's there with us 100%. And He has given us His Word, almost as if He is here with us. That Word goes forth and it will not return to God without accomplishing what He sent it out to do. You know, these pr- promises reassure us. They bring comfort to our life in times of trial. brings joy It brings hope. It teaches us. It connects us with other Christians. It helps us to live a life pleasing to God. We often sometimes live our lives wondering how can God please me? What's God going to do for me? I want my blessing. But the Bible is given to us to accomplish what it promises. God may bless us, but it's ultimately to His glory. We are here for Him. So my challenge to you this week is to take some time to study the Word of God. You're going to hear this again and again from Kyle. You're going to hear it from me. You're going to hear it from the elders. Read your Bible. Get in your Bible. It's that important. If we want to grow as Christians, if we want to really find what it's like to live a Christian life so that we can be um, complete, so that we can be equipped to do the ministry of the church, we learn that through God's Word. And we can be secure in the Lord, studying the Bible and understanding and knowing that this is God's Word to us. It is His promise. It is His hope. It is the future. It's our past. It's through this that we connect ourselves to God the Father, and thank God that He gave it to us so that we wouldn't be lost, that we wouldn't be alone, that we wouldn't have to require always depending upon fallible man to to help us. There is a God. He does love you. He has given you His Word. My challenge to you is to take some time, get into the Bible, and begin to read it, to, to look at it. I'm not saying you have to study it like a Harvard scholar or you know something like that. Just find something. Read it. Think about it. Apply it. Let God speak to you through His Word. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the blessings you've given us through the Bible. Lord, I'm thankful that your Bible is complete, that it, we can trust that it does come from you, not from people. We're thankful that it's sufficient for every need that we have. I'm thankful that we can be secure in you because of your word. Lord, I challenge us as a church to spend some time in the word, to think about it, to apply it, to give it a chance to work in our lives. Father, we know that as your word goes out, it will accomplish what you intended it to do. God, help us to have the faith to believe that. God, we love you today, and I love these people here at North Hills. Would you bless them this week and help them to... uh, to meet their needs, to help one another, and to rely on you, God, for your blessings. Father, we love you today. In Jesus' name, amen.